0: Welcome to another episode of Campus Life, the college side of the podcast here at Campus DeCanton. As always, and back to usual, I am Austin.
1: And this is Colin. Woo! Finally back.
0: Woo! The live studio audience that we have here just went wild. They did. I don't know they if did. anybody could hear that or not.
1: They um, did. Um, thank you guys for the, for the beautiful entrance. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Good to I mean, be back.
0: Yeah. You, you had two good vacations now. You're feeling really refreshed. You don't look tan.
1: I don't really tan that much, but I, I am definite. You can't really tell. Okay. Yeah, the lighting am, is probably the not lighting's cool. poor. I, I'm, but I'm definitely more tan than I was because I did get um, toasted on the very first day on the beach. Um, toasted
0: isn't like you were drunk on the beach, or toasted is like the sun toasted you. Uh,
1: little column A, little column B. Okay. Okay. But um, uh, but for the more more on the sun col- the topic. I did discover I am now an SPF 50 guy, (laughs) SPF, SPF 30. um, I put it on in the morning before we went, Uh, maybe hour and a half, two hours in reapplied, felt myself kind of like getting burnt a little bit. So I reapplied again, maybe like an hour after that. And it's SPF 30 just does nothing for me.
0: You fair skin, son of a gun.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I am, I'm now the SPF 50 hopefully that works
0: nice nice wearing, wearing a t-shirt and leggings out on the beach <laughs> yeah i'm gonna need those I'm sun shirts
1: perfect that's all. i'll get you for christmas just get you we, a pack of them we went um we, we also went deep sea fishing the one day too oh right? really yeah yeah we went deep sea fishing um i caught one fish and then it like as i'm like bringing it onto the boat um Cause like the boat was just absolutely packed, so like I had to like try and bring it up over this guy's head so he didn't hit him in the face, and then the fish jumped off, mm. so I lost him. Yeah, well, it was huge too. Should have saw like, oh, yeah, it. Nice yeah, yeah, nice fish. story. Nice fish story. anyway, point of the deep sea fishing, uh, I wore a t shirt the entire time and I put sunscreen on underneath it and reapplied. Jeez, because I was already burnt. Good Lord,
0: those genetics did not turn out well for you. They did not in more ways than one. Um, no, I'm just yeah, kidding. Uh, it's good. Hey, I agree. <laughs> it's good to have you back. I missed you. We were supposed to be together this weekend, but we'll be together next weekend, right? In real, in real life, right? Yes. Yes,
1: we will. We will Are be you together. in
0: that. You're in the wedding too, right? Yes. Colin and I are both groomsmen in a wedding next weekend. Um, so prepare for some possibly drunk tweets.
1: Yeah. Drunk tweets, uh, drunk AMAs in the discord. If you're
0: in the discord. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be really, really good. Um, Cool. All right. So, uh, enough about your extravagant vacations, Colin. Um, things actually happened while you were gone, and we have to talk about them now. So here we go. All right, let's dive <laughs> in. just sitting here looking at me like, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. Uh-huh. Cool. So, I think the biggest thing that we have to talk about is Elite Eleven. Um, you know, it's never. We're we're hitting the point now where a lot of freshman drafts and everything are over, and people are already kind of looking forward to that that next class already. So that's all the news we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, all stuff that's this 2022, guys. Uh, Elite 11 happened this past weekend. Uh, for those that aren't familiar and didn't watch, the 10-second synopsis of it is basically there are a bunch of regionals throughout the country for quarterbacks where you go, and they have a bunch of skills competitions, basically the top 20 all make it to the national final. They compete th- across three different days, and then they wait 50% of their workout from the weekend, 50% of their junior year tape, average them together and bing, bang, boom, spit out a winner. And then 10 other guys as well out of the 20. So that's why they call it the elite 11 this year. Um, do I have to say who won?
1: Can we just, yeah, can no, we skip? I, think, oh, I have to say no, I think you do. You do have to say it.
0: Uh, all right. Cade club, Nick one. Um, he is the Clemson commits uh, from Texas. Uh, I believe the number six quarterback in the composite, um, so I guess my first question just is he the future quarterback at Clemson? you know he's gonna have to sit at least a year or whatever or whatever there with DJU, but is he the next guy?
1: Um, I think at this point yeah we pretty much have to believe that he is the next guy at Clemson. Um, I don't see him decommitting from Clemson. I don't see him going is that a glass of wine? Is that white wine?
0: Just just do your thing man let me let me have
1: <laughs> let me have my minute. <laughs> If I want, you
0: know, a cigarette, a thing of wine, or whatever, over here. No, I have a a glass of wine. No,
1: no judgment. That's just a huge shock to me. You're not really a wine drinker. Well,
0: I I have to be awake at 3:30 a.m. for the pot-a-thon here, and I figured wine, just drinking a bunch of it, is a really good way to stay awake until 3:30 a.m. Right? Sure. Maybe have that backwards.
1: Sure. Uh Sure. Uh huh. Um. Sorry, I didn't mean to get off topic there. I was just <laughs> shocked that you were drinking wine. Um but anyway, yeah, I think we have to assume Club Nick is going to be the next guy there. I don't see uh him getting a better offer than Clemson. Like where else could he go? Maybe Oklahoma, but they just brought in Caleb Williams, so I don't think they're going to go after anybody big in this cycle. Plus he would have to sit. Like I think Clemson so here,
0: Here's here's one for you. Here's here's a scenario for you. Okay? Uh, Nick Ewers or not, uh, Quinn Ewers stays at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Texas needs a quarterback still, possibly. I mean, Malik Murphy, true. so true. He's from
1: Texas, big Texas guy. There, there's um, literally
0: no chat this is happening. I'm just making no, things up. Yeah, because but I can
1: at that point, maybe. Um, I think that would be maybe the only place that could lure him away. But you said they do already have Malik Murphy there, um, you know, and say what you want about Ewers going to Ohio, Ohio state. I don't think that's set in stone. I think that, and this is something that we can get into a little bit later. I actually had uh, a, a note about this down in our next news segment here, but I'll, I'll mention it just real briefly here. Um, I think that we're going to see a lot of people decommit um, from some of their other places because they committed during the dead period where you couldn't go on visits. You know, you couldn't go meet the coaches in person. You couldn't see these facilities. So now that that's opening back up, I do think we're going to see some people start decommitting from some places. I don't necessarily. I think Ewers is probably like 70-30 going to stay at Ohio State, but I think it's a non-zero chance that he could flip back to Texas. So with that in mind, I, I still think that Clemson is the absolute best case scenario for Nick And Clemson hasn't really been strongly connected to any of the other guys in this cycle. So it seems like Nick is the guy for them as well. So yeah, I think we have to assume that he's the next one there.
0: Yeah. I mean, do you think he's like the future there though? Like what if Arch Manning decides he wants to go there?
1: If Arch Manning decides he wants to go there. Cause, cause
0: then... Cade, Cade and him, like Cade, it'll be the same thing with Ohio state where like Stroud's been there for a year, but like he, he didn't play at all.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if Arch Manning goes there, then definitely have to reassess some things. But uh, I mean, with club Nick, You know, I think and you guys wrote a a really nice article covering the Elite 11 finals uh, while I was on Mm -hmm. vacation here and like, you know, leading into it and then after it, um, you know, so you guys touched on on Kate Klobnik a lot there. But, you know, I'm I'm in agreement with you guys that the arm strength is the big question mark there for me. I don't really see enough deep passes on tape to feel good about that being a projection Pretty much that, everything. That's is, my thing.
0: He's just not. He does not aggressively push the ball downfield at all. And I'm yeah. sure. And some of it may be the offense that he's in. It's really hard to tell with high school. Yeah, but
1: especially with everybody running spreads nowadays.
0: But the thing about that this class is that there are so many really good quarterbacks, and a lot of them are put. You know, and Nick Evers pushes the ball downfield all the time. Drew Aller pushes the ball downfield. Connor Wegman pushes the ball downfield. Gunner Stockton, Ewers, like these guys are all aggressive but not like stupidly. Like they just yeah. like they like to push the ball downfield. And that is something that I think we haven't really seen Club Nick Dun- do yet so it's a question of what do you do with him against all these other quarterbacks where he might be able to do it but we've seen the other guys do it already. And that I think mm-hmm. that's the big problem that I'm having with him right now.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. He seems more like an air raid quarterback yeah. to me. And I don't think, I mean, that's not Clemson. Clemson's not an air raid team. So I don't know how much I love that fit and that marriage. But I mean, this, you know, he has a whole nother year here to develop as a quarterback. So there's that potential as well. You know, and and Clemson obviously has to see something in him. You know, Clemson has a pretty good track record with their latest quarterbacks. You know, they had Deshaun Watson and then they had that brief stint with Kelly Bryant, but then it jumped right into Trevor Lawrence. Then they go into. Uh, DJU now. So they have a pretty good track record there. So I think with this point, we kind of have to trust them. You know, once you hit on three in a row like that, you know, I, I think we kind of have to take, trust them that they know what they're doing.
0: Yeah. And I will say uh, they, they will tailor their offense slightly mm-hmm. to what the quarterback can do. Like what, what they were running in spring was a little bit different than what they were doing with Trevor there right. with DJ. So, I mean, they, they have, they're they willing to do that for sure. I just thought, you know, basically three huge sexy names in a row. I didn't think, like, Kate hey, Klubnick's not the sexy <laughs> guy. Like, Orange Manning's the sexy guy. Yeah. Or, you know, whoever. He seemed to really like Clemson when he was there a couple weeks ago. That That's a sexy name. Kate Klubnick, Yeah, not so sexy, uh, even with the well, Elite 11
1: win attached yeah. to him now. And, and you also said, like, that, you know, they're willing to change the offense. But look at the receivers that Clemson has and the archetype of those guys. They do not fit what Klubnick does. He's just big monster downfield guys. So they would have to change a lot of different things for club. So we'll, we'll see how that one plays out. Uh, but I think at this point to circle it back around, yeah, we have to assume he's the future.
0: So just beyond club Nick, then, um, did you, I mean, I know you were away. You probably didn't watch a lot of it live, but I think you've caught up a little bit. Um,
1: that's are were there any? Were,
0: there, it is a big assumption. You <laughs> never do your homework. Um, uh, are there any surprising, na- or, you know, poor performances, good performances? Was there any other things that kind of stood out to you uh, from from this weekend? Which, by I just want to throw in here real quick. Even if you, even if you didn't catch up on any of this, <laughs> the the difficulty that there is to find anything on this live. You're just as caught up as like 90% of people that were like away. They're away the whole weekend. Like they, for how cool of a thing it is, they do a very poor job of getting their product out there. That's all I will say.
1: Yeah. And I, I, I'm just a quick aside there. I wonder if that's almost intentional. Why? I I don't know. I but just to like, you know, because they're high school kids, I don't know how all of that works. Um, So, I mean, maybe they are they they have to keep it a little less publicized, but you can also televise high school football games. So at the same time, as I'm talking like to myself here, I, I think that that's probably le- not likely. That's probably more likely they're just doing a poor job of it. You weren't by yourself.
0: My My lovely wife <laughs> came out, said, would you <laughs> like some more wine?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not what I was getting at. I'm just saying as I'm talking mm-hmm. in a circle to myself mm-hmm. here and mm-hmm. hearing myself mm-hmm. talk, I'm thinking it's probably not that i do that a lot i, I talk and then i hear myself say it and i'm like that doesn't sound right
0: it's like the michael scott you know sometimes he starts talking and doesn't know where he's going to end up mm-hmm. that's
1: that's yeah yeah 100 percent,
0: yeah um so i there there are some names i want to talk about here before we we get off of this but mm-hmm. the guy that just like all the guys that i thought were going to do well did well like this isn't a pat on the back. Like this competition was made for a guy like Nick Evers, and I said that before. And he went out and did and was great because it, he's deadly accurate, quick release, you know, all those kinds of things he does really, really well. Thought the same thing with Drew Aller, um, and he he looked really, really good. Um, one guy that I have greeted pretty highly, but was just like I heard he was like the worst guy there was Jacurry Brown. Hmm. He's going to Miami. I did hear. About and that. it makes me feel a lot worse about him and. You know, maybe I I I, I bump Miller Moss a little bit or something up my rankings, or not Miller Moss. Um, uh, Jake Garcia, sorry, uh, Jake Garcia is the one that's at Miami. Um, maybe I jump, I I bump Jake Garcia up a little bit just because I uh, Brown. They they said he was very inaccurate. He missed the most throws of anybody there. He has the very high rushing upside, but at a at, at a competition where it's basically the, the twenty best quarterbacks in the country, you know, and, and they're they're supposed to be able to really showcase their accuracy and their ball placement and just their you know their smarts and what they can do and he universally graded out very very poorly Uh, that scares me a little bit about him i might be i might be dropping him
1: yeah so i uh, i need to go back and and watch a little bit more of those guys because my first pass through um what i do is i look strictly for the tools on the first pass through like do you check off the tools, the physical boxes first, you know, arm strength, general accuracy, you know, athleticism. Can you maneuver in the pocket a little bit there? You know, so I look for those kinds of things first. And then after that, you know, assuming that you check enough boxes on there, because if you don't, if you don't have enough arm strength, you know, that that stands out kind of on tape, like if I have a question mark on your high school arm strength, you probably, I feel like you're probably, in that range of like a Kyle Trask where it's like, does he even have enough arm strength to be an NFL caliber quarterback? Now I know guys can improve their strength and stuff, but you know, and I try to factor that in a little bit, but if it's just like so far below, you know, I'm not going to go and watch them just because, or or I'll move them way down my watch list just because the odds of them being an NFL quarterback are, are a lot lower. And then the same, if you're like, an absolute statue in the pocket and you can't move at all, you know, I'm going to move you down. Now, most of these guys up here nowadays, like that's factored into their, their rankings. So it weeds it out a little bit, but I do have then the second pass through. Then I start looking at the more, you know, refined things, you know, some of the, the uh, mechanics. And then I start looking at some of the things like, you know, how are they reading a defense? You know, what, where are they throwing the ball? You know, I, I dive in a little bit more in deep. so, Jukuri Brown is one of those guys that I have to do my second pass through because he checked the boxes physically um, that you wanted to see. So I'll, I'll be interested to see the second pass through because I was seeing that he was did not perform very well.
0: Yeah, it, it was basically like that. So the Elite 11, like, as far as I can tell, someone correct me if I'm wrong here. We had this discussion in the Discord today. They give a winner, and then they just give the other 10 or 11 guys in alphabetical order. They, didn't, they don't rank them. So you'll go on to um, you know like sports illustrated and they have a ranking and then you go to you know fan sided they have a ranking and then you 24/7. like seven it's 24 seven they have a ranking right so like you just go to these different places now they're there are you know of all of them say that you know all of them said Brown to terrible but some of them you know it'll say like one of them i have like you know drew Aller was the third best quarterback today and the other one's like drew Aller was probably about the 12th to 15th best quarter like it <laughs> So it it's very difficult to tell. Um, but Brown was the name, yeah, that was pretty much universally uh panned there. Uh any other names you know that you want to toss out before we hop into
1: our second discussion piece here? Um, um yeah, Walker Howard, um, hmm. L S U commit. Yep. He's a guy that he has a very high ranking there. Um, he's a five star, he's the number two quarterback uh based on the composite on twenty four seven. Um I wasn't super impressed with him on his tape um his ball placement i thought could be a bit hit or miss at times i don't think he sets his wide receivers up the best i mean he's got good general accuracy but that definitely needed to improve and in a competition like this where you know accuracy plays a pretty big role in it um i was surprised to see 24 7 list him as number three um, so like you said, I haven't actually watched any of it live or anything like that. You know, I'm just kind of catching up on it as we go here. So I'll be very interested to to see if I, if I can find footage of him at it, you know, but I, I think that that surprised me that he in this competition finished as high as he did.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm pretty low on him. It's it, and Felix really likes him, so I'm calling him this recruiting cycle's Brock Vandergriff. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they, there's no other similarities except for the fact that Felix, Felix likes <laughs> him and I don't. Um, and I have some similar concerns, but they, it's not you know the the fact that uh, you know Vandergriff is beating up on like twelve year olds and stuff in high school, <laughs> like it's just terrible level of competition. I don't think Walker Howard has that same thing, um, but. Yeah, and I think Aller and Evers were the two guys that, that, yeah. that I was looking to see what they did, and they uh, met and even exceeded uh, some of my expectations. I think when all is said and done, I wouldn't be shocked if Drew Aller ends up my QB two or QB three in this class.
1: Ooh, buddy, I love hearing that
0: the e the ease at which he throws a football. It's like if I picked up like a, a Nerf ball, you know, I can just you know whip you know whip it all over the place. Like he just has a football, and he does whatever he wants with it. He's like, yep. if you you give me a paintbrush, you give you know Michelangelo a paintbrush, you know. You give us both the same paintbrush, it's going to look a lot different than mine. And I'd venture to say it's probably going to look a lot better than mine. <laughs> you can give you know, Drew Aller a football and whoever else, and he just, the way he throws a football is just so pretty. Um, very, very uh, upset that, that he's going to Penn State and recruiting really hard at the yes, same time. He's, he's on Twitter all the time, like, yo, come to Penn State. Like, I love it. Yo, someone take away his <laughs> Twitter account for the next six months. Uh, <laughs> Um, so the, the other news piece here is um, this is this is our clickbait for the month. Like, OK, is, is Oklahoma bleeding 2022 wide receiver recruits right now? Is there a problem in Norman? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Um, so <laughs> the past couple of days have not been great for Oklahoma's 2022 wide receiver class. They had uh, a commit a loose commitment from Talon uh, Shatron. Who is the number five wide receiver? I believe in the composite. Um, he is 6'3", 185, like a big, athletic kid. Um, and this really is an ouchie because he flipped to Oklahoma State. Yeah, uh, his brother is there, so I guess it kind of makes sense. But and it's not even like Oklahoma State is like, like it's not like it, it strengthens like a, a rival per se. It just hurts it. It's like you're in state, you know whatever um and i guess uh, i i wanted to do this on this show so i guess i'll do it um i talon shetron is is my my tier one wide receiver in this class oh i mean i mentioned the other day that i found one and it's him um really good athlete i really like him um but beyond him then they had jordan hudson who uh eh, crystal balls have kind of been shifting away from them for a while but they thought they had him and, and he spurned ou he's going to smu which really hurts you know you don't you don't expect to lose two like top 12 wide receivers in a class to Oklahoma State and SMU. Um, so <laughs> probably not a great feeling there. And then Luther Burden, who was the wide receiver one in next year's class, took a huge drop in the composite to like wide receiver 12 or something like that. Uh, big, big drop. So the question is, are we worried about the future of Oklahoma's wide receivers?
1: Um, I will say no. Um, I mean, it, it definitely hurts losing – um, you know, Shetron, Austin's number one, Austin's tier one wide receiver, Um, you know, and then Jordan Hudson definitely hurts as well. Luther Burden taking a bit of a tumble also hurts, but I mean, it, he's still locked in there and he doesn't still, change the player. Right. But
0: I, I watched him. I didn't think he was close to the wide receiver one in the class.
1: So I like this is not
0: particularly shocking to me. It just, you know, you, it sucks. You walk around and say we have the
1: wide receiver one and then you wake up the next day and you're like, ah shit yeah he's now 12 um so yeah i mean that those aren't good things obviously but uh lincoln riley has shown the ability to just go get players from the transfer portal you know kind of whoever he wants you know he lured mike woods away from uh arkansas you know in the spring you know and obviously i don't think he leaves arkansas for oklahoma without having talked to lincoln riley at some point so, you know, they can bring those guys in, you know, a different position, but they bring in Eric Gray. Yeah, so they bring in a lot of, of guys through the transfer portal and Oklahoma still has that name and they still have that um, top four, top five team in the country can, you know, annually competing for a national title. They have that still, um, they can still claim that. So, no, I'm not really worried about that. Like I mentioned a little earlier too, you kind of always, I kind of always expected kids to start flipping commitments once they could get back on campus, once they could go visit some of these other schools, um, you know, and, and, you know, meet the coaching staffs. So that doesn't surprise me that much. And then I was listening to the Cover 3 podcast and Bud Elliott was saying that a lot of schools offer a kid and a kid will commit but a lot of times it's for show, um, a little bit, you know, the kid wants to claim offers from schools. They want to claim as many offers as they can. So, you know, and, and the schools know that, so they'll extend an offer, but it's also a two way street. You know, the kid, the schools want these kids to know that. And, and this is, I'm paraphrasing obviously what he was saying, but, um, You know, schools want kids to know they're interested. They want to keep that relationship alive, but they're also talking to other recruits, the exact same position, and the kid that committed, air quotes, may not be their first choice. Um, You know, so they want to keep that relationship alive and, and keep that as almost like a backup option. But he was saying that there's some times where schools will, you know, they'll get their first option, and, you know, they have another kid who was committed there, and they'll tell the kid that they can decommit from them to save face publicly because this school got their number one choice. Um, so that was like just kind of an interesting little nugget there on that. Um, but I think that Oklahoma is probably talking to enough other wide receivers that they can flip some guys to that. So they lost some guys, but I think they're going to flip another recruiter to in the top portion of the rankings there because there's still some guys also who are uncommitted you know um kevin coleman uh, is the number two guy he's still not committed um i Mick love that Ma- there's
0: a there's a kevin coleman
1: that's a recruit <laughs> and then <there's> the kevin.
0: <laughs> i think i think kevin coleman should write an article about kevin Coleman. so if we can oh, have that it's happen
1: <laughs> it's perfect kevin uh I, I know you're a regular listener of the show there you go you can write you can write about the wide receiver kevin <laughs> coleman um and he's from Missouri which is just mm-hmm. kind of random so there's I was I was hoping maybe it was from California
0: yes him and Burden were both from St. Louis so at one, at one point number one and number two wide receiver in the country were both from St. Louis Missouri which I thought was interesting
1: yeah different high schools but yes yeah, yeah. um but yeah anyway there's there's another a, a couple other guys in like the top 10 um top 20 who are uncommitted so you know they still have some guys out that that they can get and like we we're saying the guys are going to flip and, so and I'm, the not, one th- I'm not worried. The one thing that they have going
0: for them is that um, the only – so that uh, – Ohio State over-recruits the position. Yes. They just do. That's not news. Even – I talked to Matt about this before. Like, even – they over-recruit. They don't care who they have. They'll go sign five more kids. But a lot of the – like, Alabama does not do that at wide receiver. And they just brought in that class last year. So I don't think Alabama is going to be knocking on doors for a lot of these top guys this year. LSU used the same way, and they just brought in a big class – um, so those are two, just two major schools that you think would be fishing in the same waters that they probably don't have to worry about this year. Um, so that I, and, and Ohio state already has, and again, I know I just, they'd recruit like five kids. So they don't care, but Ohio state already has two of the top 10 kids or whatever in next year's class. So you have to figure maybe they're done. We shall see. I don't know.
1: Well Um, they have two, they have two of the top ten, but then they also have two more in the top twenty.
0: Yeah. And the other kid's been like shooting up the rankings since they offered him. He's very like Chris Olave was the same way when they offered Olave a couple years ago. He was like a mid three star and then they they found him and offered him and he bumped a little bit. And that's what's happening with that one kid they have. I forget um, which one it is, but um,
1: yeah. So yeah, it annoys
0: the shoot of me that they do that.
1: Yeah. Because then you got guys transfer like Mookie Cooper. Um, I think we all kind of expect Jalen Ballard to, uh, or Jaden Ballard to switch as well to, to, um, transfer out after this year. So,
0: yeah, it's not good for college football, what they do, no. um, in that regard. Um, I will say, I will just answer the question a little bit cause I asked you and they didn't really give an answer. I am a little bit worried about them because <laughs> I think Hasselwood or Hazelwood Hasselwood. I don't know how you say it, whatever Hasselwood and Weiss have not worked out like they thought they would bridges is gone. You have uh, Mims and Williams and then Mike Woods for probably a year, and then Woods, I would assume, gone. I think they might have some issues at wide receiver there unless they pick up somebody or get a transfer in uh, because they like they need as many wide receivers as they can get. I mean, they they, they rotate them. They, they pass the ball a ton. Um, so I am a little bit worried, but I'll at least hold it until the end of this cycle before I pass too much judgment on it.
1: Yeah, I think, like I said, the the Oklahoma name brings enough luster that they can get guys in the transfer portal. But then they can also turn around and boast, "Hey, we had Marquise Brown and C.D. Lamb drafted in the first round of the NFL draft." You know, yeah, we missed on a couple of these guys in the middle here, but you know, come to us, we we, we still got it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, so our uh, main section of the show here tonight is called uh, "Where's the stash." It was either that or free stash rides, but I figured, where's the stash? There's a lot of more
1: appropriate, so we're going with that. I love how you you were like, yeah, we were not we thought about this one. It's not appropriate. Here it is. Let me say it anyway.
0: There's an art to this. Yeah, you can be like, but we aren't going to use that. But I but I just sent it out there.
1: I thought about it.
0: <laughs> uh, so yes, yeah, so where's the stash and what we're talking about? Uh, our favorite stashes at each position, and this can kind of be either, um, guys that we know just like, aren't going to do anything at all this year, like barring, you know, just a ton of injuries that they're definite, you know, uh, waiting for their, their shot to play, but then also just some guys that we think could blow up this year, but there's just some uncertainty, but you can get them really late. And like the upside is just enormous. Um, so that, that's kind of the two categories that I think the majority of these guys are going to fall into um we have a lot of names down so we're each going to talk about a couple guys and then we're just going to throw out some other names to be on the lookout for without necessarily deep diving them so colin you have um a guy i almost put him and i saved him for you because i figured you would want to put him down here and donovan mcculley
1: i appreciate that that's very very kind of you um yeah so donovan mcculley is the first guy i have on my list here for stashes for qbs um, Donovan McCully, four-star guy, number 23 quarterback uh, in the class of 2020, going to Indiana – or 20, 2021, right? Class of 2021? Who? Yeah. Yeah, this is oh. 2021 this year. Yes, yes. Okay. Sorry. I, I Vacation brain. Um, I forgot what year it was. No, so he's in this incoming freshman class, yes. 2021, um, a 6'5", 195, so he's – Pretty big guy. He's going to Indiana. He's also from Indianapolis, Indiana. So that was a nice get for them, keeping that guy in state. Uh, but he's a big time athlete. He is a true dual threat guy. He can design runs for him. He's a threat to score every time he scrambles. There's there's even one play on his tape where you know there's a trick play, and then he ends up catching a pass as a receiver and just like takes off. Um, yeah, and he can break guys' ankles as a rusher. You know, so he's. Big time athlete there. He's got a big arm, plenty of deep, uh, plenty of zip. You know, throws it pretty deep. You know, you see some some instances of him making some outside the hashes throws. So you know, he has that in his repertoire. It's not great, but they are there. There's there's some flashes. Um, you know, he he does get a bit run happy in the pocket. I think that's because he knows he's a better athlete than most of the people he's playing against. So I would like to see him extend plays and then finish him off with his arm rather than his legs. But he could potentially, you know, develop that obviously. Um, But one of the reasons that he makes my list here is Indiana doesn't really get five star quarterbacks very often or four star quarterbacks very often. I was was about to say what (laughs) (laughs) four star quarterbacks um, very often. So I don't really see them recruiting over him and bringing in somebody who at least on paper is more talented so I think he's fairly safe in that regard. He has time this year to sit and learn behind Penix, but Penix is probably gone after this year. I mean, does he have another year with COVID eligibility?
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure he has another year if he wants it.
1: Okay.
0: I don't, there, there are definitely scenarios in which Penix is there another year, but I've kind of been banking on the assumption that he's not when I've been drafting this off season.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, it, we're gonna we talked about it before. That's gonna be another thing that's gonna kind of linger a little bit into this year as well, like who can stay for an extra year. Um but Penix should be gone. They have um Thorn there as well, right? I think uh, yeah, one.
0: Thorn and then Tuttle as well, I believe Or Tuttle. There. No,
1: Thorn is um Thorn's uh, Michigan. Northwest State. or
0: yes, you're right. Yes, yes Thorn it is, is Michigan it's, State. it's Tuttle. Who is um, um is terrible just yes. throwing that out
1: there. Yes. So but the person the other person that they have not very good. So this should be his job next year. Um barring either him completely collapsing or barring some sort of a miracle there. But you know, and, and they want his brother as well. Um Indiana does. Do they have a commitment from his brother?
0: I think so. Yes, yeah. he's like the athlete, the safety, right? Yeah. Yes, they do. He is committed there. Now, whether okay. he ends up hanging on there...
1: Because he's a big-time recruit. Yes, he's yeah. like
0: a high four-star. Uh, yeah. I, I think he's the the highest-rated um, kid that they've ever had there, I think. McCully's brother.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I was pretty sure... I was pretty sure I saw that he was either the highest or he was very, very close to the highest recruit that they've ever had. But either way, they are... They're going to want to keep him happy to keep his brother there. Um, But either way, you know, worst case scenario, I think he's going to be a rushing asset, a fantasy asset in the future because of his rushing. So he's a guy that I want to stash at the end of my roster. You know, big tools, big time athlete. So maybe he could put it all together. But worst case scenario, you know, he's a Jeff Sims
0: yeah, I, I have a lot of McCully. I've drafted him a lot of places this year. I think he's like, I agree. He's one of the more obvious um, guys in waiting. Um, it, it can be, you know, I think people assume all the time. I think it, it it's a lot more difficult to assume in a lot of cases than, than it that appears uh, on his face. Um, but no, I, I think he's he's that guy for all the reasons you listed. Um, and they actually have like some wide receiver talent there. This, mm-hmm. year. I mean, I know Fry fogel has gone after this year, and I have a guy that I'm going to talk about here in a little bit. That's a receiver there um, that that they might leave, but they, I mean, they 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 have some kids there, so yeah, um, it's not you know it's not going to be a bad situation necessarily for him to step into.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I, I think you know he's he's definitely one that I was I was glad you left for me. And Anything I know, um, I, I know, you. uh Carl. Um, I'm gonna butcher his last name, v- Vagley. Vagley, uh, yeah, Vagley. Yeah, I know Carl likes uh, Donovan McCulley as well. Uh, we were we were chatting it up in the in the DMs the one day about him. Ooh, in the <laughs> DMs. Yeah, I mean, um, no, I agree.
0: Um, so I, my my top choice. I'm not gonna dig that deep into him because I've talked about him a bunch of times. Is Clay Millen at Nevada? He's still just, yeah, he's such good value. I mean, you get him in the last five or six rounds of a draft. Um, you know, he's he's a true freshman this year, so he's going to wait uh, at Nevada behind Carson Strong this year, and then he's going to step in there. He's 6'3", 188. He's got nice size, um, definitely more of a pro-style kid. Uh, he was a three-star in the composite this year, but 24-7 had him as their QB 22. He got a four-star from them. Um, and the thing that I like about him that I think, you know, he's – he's gotten really nice arm strength. Like I think he can thrive in a vertical offense. And I think Nevada is a vertical offense, you know, even if they lose cooks and dubs this year, they have Spiker and Horton, um, and some other guys there as well to step up. So I think that he, he, there, I I think that he's the guy there, you know, they they did pick up a a commit from next year's class, but I, I think it's going to be Millen and, um, I think that's it's a it's a Mountain West quarterback. It's a wide open conference. I think at the very least he can probably squeeze a couple of years of college production out of the guy. So what more can you want?
1: Yeah, no, I mean I think that's a great call. Um, like you were saying, you, you want the offense. You you like the Mountain West, um, and he's another guy that's similar to McCully in that. I don't really see them recruiting a better recruit than Millen. I don't see them recruiting over him. So. It's his job unless he proves that he can't handle it. And in one year, I don't really think that's going to happen.
0: I don't think so either. You never know. And I'm trying to look up really quick the kid that they just got a commitment from. I think he's from Texas, I want to say. Do, 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 Well, he's not in the top 50 if he is, so – um, yeah, it's not coming up for me. But regardless, yeah, I, mean, I I think he's the next guy there. So sign me up.
1: Yeah, um, I'm definitely on board there with you. And uh, as far as next guys up, um, my next guy here is uh, Maddox Cop. He's a freaking co-op. He's a co-op. Are you a co-op? Um, he's a three-star kid, uh, number 51 quarterback. Um, so not a super highly rated recruit. I 6'5", 210, and he's going to the University of Houston. Um, He was a dual sport athlete. He played basketball too. And if you watch his highlight tape on um, 24 7 um, from his junior year, he mixes in basketball highlights there as well, which I didn't really look into how good he was as a basketball recruit, but he has two brothers who both play D1 basketball. So I'm assuming he probably was, you know, had some fringe D1 offers. Um, So big time athlete, but he's not a he's not a dual threat quarterback he uses that you know this athletic ability to maneuver in the pocket you know you can kind of see some of like the basketball slides you know in there so you know as he's moving around in the pocket there so while he's he's a good athlete but he's not donovan McCullough. um his his arm strength is good you know he has he has some nfl caliber throws where he'll make some throws outside the hashes you know, he'll do you know that it looks good there. It's nothing great, it's nothing to write home about, but it's it's passable, it checks that box. Um, he makes some nice anticipation throws as well. So um, something I like to see on there. But the biggest thing with cop is Houston and Dana Holgerson. Like, I want the quarterback in a Dana Holgerson offense. You know, he's made Clayton Toon, who I don't think is really anything special. You know, he's made him fantasy relevant the past two years. Um, you know, they, he, he made Jared Stidham, you know, Jared Stidham put up video game numbers there for a couple of years with him. Um, you know, so he, he has a pretty good passing offense. And I know you, you also want some wide receivers from his offense. I can't remember if it was Kyle Francis or Nate Marquise that was saying they want a uh, Dana Holgerson wide receiver one but in turn there, you also, you know, logically want the quarterback there. And Maddox cop is a guy that he's free. You know, I haven't heard really anybody talking about him. He's a guy that I haven't actually stashed anywhere just yet. Um, because I haven't had to, you know, maybe now I'm going to ruin my chances here. Um, but he's a guy that he, he looked good in spring. You know, they weren't you know, going out of their way to hype him up or whatever, but they're like, yeah, he looked good. So, you know, I I think he's probably the next guy there at this point in time, but Houston is also the type of place, you know, they're in Texas. um, You know, they could, but Dana Holgerson has a name value there. They could bring somebody else in, either through the portal or um, in a recruit. So they could recruit over him. So there's a little bit more risk with him, which is why I haven't stashed him anywhere just yet, but he's definitely somebody I'm keeping an eye on.
0: Yeah. We, is that the one we were laughing about before the show where I, you were like, I don't have him anywhere. And I was like, how is it yes. your favorite stash? Like, yeah. <laughs> yes. My favorite stash, but like in theory. <laughs>
1: so. Yeah. Yeah. In theory, he's one of my favorite guys to keep an eye on and put on my watch list. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, good. Okay. Well, in theory, no, I actually have, I have this next guy in one place. Um, but he's like, so the, I'm not even sure he fits. Necessary, like it's, it's Jaron Hall from BYU. We'll say that first, so I don't give like four minutes of lead up to that. <laughs> I don't know who the quarterback is going to be at BYU this year. I think a lot of people want to say that is going to be Jacob Conover, which is a good. I mean, he's a four star. He's the highest rated kid there. He was the ten, uh, number ten pro style kid in his class a couple years ago. Um, you know, he's, he's a strong contender Then they have uh, Baylor Romney. And then they also have Jaron Hall. Uh, The thing that I think Hall has going for him, not necessarily saying that he's going to win the job, but he is the, the better like athlete of the three in terms of, you know, he, he would give you some rushing upside and things like that. Um, I'm not sure he wins that job though, because I'm not sure that BYU necessarily wants that kind of a quarterback. You know, Wilson was a scrambler, but he wasn't a runner, you know, really. Um, So, and Hall Hall is a scrambling threat. He's an older kid. I think he was like in the 2016 recruiting class or something. So you know how these BYU kids are. They're like probably went on 30 years trips. old.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, but he's just a good athlete. So I I have him in one place and I'll probably take him in another deep league that I'm drafting right now. Um, but as just, you know, if he wins that job, it's it, i think he's gonna put up a lot of points in college. I and I don't he's in my zero NFL upside. Zero NFL upside, whereas at least with, you know, McCulley or Millen or cop, maybe you can cross your fingers and hope that maybe they develop into something as rare as that really, you know, probably is. Um, I that's not in Hall's, you know, um, range of outcomes, in my opinion, but it's probably not in Baylor Romney or Jacob Conover's either. So if you really just want to swing for the fences on that job, take Jaron Hall. Hope he wins it, um, and they like they just released their depth chart for preseason here, and the, they've said it's a three man race, and they have it's Jaron Hall or Baylor Romney or Jacob Conover. So <laughs> no, no, they no, they really no hold playing it close to the vest until the season rolls around. Um,
1: but I, I'll take Hall. Yeah, um, he's not really a guy that I pay too much attention to, to be honest. So I don't have him anywhere. So I don't really have a lot to add on that one. Cool.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's all I have on him too. It's it, like, there, there's, he's just the most athletic guy of the bunch. So if he gets a job, they're rushing floor. Um, Fair enough. So if you play, like we're like, we're in a 24 teamer that we just did like, mm-hmm. and Colin saved all his money and then just started poaching all the starting quarterbacks at the end of the draft. So, like <laughs> he was the kind of guy, I think I snuck Jaron Hall at the end for $1. I was you,
1: like, you you probably did when I stopped yes, paying attention because I, I, yeah, I well, you filled, filled, filled my your roster. roster.
0: I yeah. waited for you and somebody call, you and Carl saved all your money, and I waited for you to spend all your money and you, or, fill up all your roster spots. So you couldn't bid anymore, and then I went and did my thing. Um, yeah, he's a guy Smart. that I stuck through, <laughs> so um, strategic and real good at strategic. <laughs> uh, so we <laughs> okay, the
1: next guy on the list, too. There in the honorable mention, mm-hmm. did you sneak him through, too? Mm-hmm. Yep, one dollar. Yeah. So. yeah, yeah, J. I L. saw Henderson. him. Yeah, I saw him go. I oh. wanted to I, I wanted to bid on him, but I did not have the roster spot. Yeah. I filled up sixty roster spots. Yes, you did. Now it's 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 IDP. So yes. Yes. But still.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, Jalen Henderson, kid of Fresno, they don't really have a reliable backup. So I've got him in a couple places. Um, Tyler Macon, we've talked with him a couple times on the show. Missouri backup. Um, I'm not sure he's gonna supplant Basilak or not, but I think he's he's more toolsy than Basilak is. So um, he's it's one of those situations where I feel like if Basilak goes down for a couple weeks, Macon like wouldn't give that job back.
1: Yeah, you know no, I mean? I, yeah,
0: that totally seems like one of those situations to me. There, um, Brendan Lewis. Do you have any thoughts on Brendan Lewis of Colorado? He's basically Jeff Sims, but like sort of worse.
1: Yeah, yeah he's a poor yeah. man's Jeff Sims. Um, he'll give you some some good rushing production. You know, I definitely think he's worth a stash that way. And you know, he kind of falls into a little bit more into like I guess the Donovan McCully yeah. area, where you know, cross your fingers maybe he turns into a pro prospect, but you're not really counting on it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so I mean, he's a local kid, you know, uh, I, or oh, sorry, Brandon Lewis, I don't, maybe, I, I might be wrong on that, don't scratch that, <laughs> um, but yeah, I I, I, I don't know, I don't even know if he plays there this year, but upside guy, uh, Evan Prater, you put him on the list, I, I think he's the, he's the ultimate stash guy, right? Yes. Maybe, mm-hmm. I that's mean, f- may, maybe like Drake May or Jackson Dart, but like, yeah, like those are too those guys.
1: obvious, yeah. 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 So that's what, yeah, I he was a little bit more obvious, obvious, yeah. you know, <laughs> yes. obvious, Do you obvious want to start
0: one. that sentence over?
1: <laughs> he was a little bit more of an obvious candidate for it too, but I, I wanted to, while we're talking stashes, at least mention him because I think that if you follow, if, if you listen to this podcast, you and subscribe to our site, I'm sure you know who he is. You see how high he is in our rankings, but I think that the, C2C uh, that the average C2C player or, or the C2C player who's not listening to our site or, or listening to us or subscribe to the site may not know who that is. Um, and he is the backup there at Cincinnati. Um, you know, kind of thought that they would step in if, if Ritter left this year. Ritter did not. Ritter's still here. Yeah. Um, so he, he'll he just step in. He'll be the guy there next year. He'll have two years to learn, but very, very toolsy, very athletic and Cincinnati's not a place that's going to recruit over him either.
0: Yeah. I was uh, I was so bummed. Um uh, I did his freshman profile last year for the nerds. Um he was one of the guys I did I, like him and Mayor and Tyree and one or two other guys, a couple guys that I all liked. And I thought I said in that article, you know, Prater is, you know, he'll never he wouldn't he's not gonna do anything in twenty 2020. twenty. Twenty twenty one is liftoff. And then Ritter said he was coming back. So that that kind of killed Prater's value a little bit. Cause now, like if he plays really well, you only get one year out of him. So like if he decides to go pro, but he is, he has such a weird style. Like he, he's, he's not quite calling Kaepernick level in terms of like the smooth, like that lanky, tall running style, but he's close to that. Like he's the closest guy that I can remember. Like he's not the Lamar suddenness. He's not the cam like bully. He is the Kaepernick tall, smooth guy, but he's, I mean, he's like six, four, like he's built pretty yeah. big too. So he, he's a, he's a little more physical than that. Um, I like him. I think he has a nice arm. Um, there were... I mean, he ran a lot in high school. He didn't throw a ton. Um, so I'm not sure if he ever develops into an NFL guy.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't know if he will either. But I think out of all of the people that we've mentioned on this list, if I had to put my money on one of them, it's probably him.
0: Yeah, probably. Honestly. Him or McCulley probably would be my top two, um, yeah. to be honest. And then I just put... I, I'm going to butcher the show of this, but I'm assuming that this is one of those names. that's like spelled weird, but then like you just <laughs> pronounce it normal. Kyle Kelly. It's K-A-K-I-A-E-L Kelly. He's going to ball state. Um, kind of a dual threat kid. Um, toolsy. Uh, Plitt has one more year there and then he's gone. Um, I mean, we said that last year and then he got the COVID year. Um, so he's really gone True. after this year. There's, there's no doubt. Um, but he probably is the next guy up and you know, it's just Mac quarterback. Sure. Why not? It, you know, I'll they, they score 50 points and we'll see how many of those he gets. So I, I, I threw him on the list. Uh I don't have him stashed anywhere though. I don't think you have to draft him now. No. Unless it's a super deep league, like this 16 teamer that I'm in again, like I said, like I might take Jaron Hall or something in that. I might take Kyle Kelly in that at some point too. Um, but I have to be really careful because when I say these names on here, if this thing doesn't circle back within like the next like 12 hours, <laughs> everyone takes all the guys talk about on this stupid show. So, um, Everyone hurry up, get your picks in. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that, that, that rounds out our quarterbacks running back. Um, you have another Fresno guy on here.
1: I do I have another Fresno guy on here, and I won't spend too much time breaking him down because you did a freshman profile on him, I believe, right? It was one of our earlier ones.
0: Mm, i did yes yes yeah I it was a really early one that was like yeah. the second or third one i did i think yeah.
1: yeah yeah so it was one of your early ones so i'm not gonna spend too much time here but it's jordan hornbeak uh running back going to fresno in this year's class um he you know he's a guy that we're re- interested in because of the system mostly um you know he has some he, he's a good athlete you know, he looks like he catches the ball pretty well. So, you know, he has some traits that you like there, but mostly interested in him because of the system. Ronnie rivers is going to be gone after this year. I think he has to be, I think he's like a fifth year guy at this point. Um, But Ronnie rivers is a guy that, you know, talk to any CFF player and he's a guy that people are drafting, you know, third round, second round They're They're taking him early because of the volume he gets. And, you know, not only the volume overall, but a volume in the pass game. And I think Jordan Hornbeek is the highest-rated recruit they have left there or that they have coming in at the running back position. I think it's pretty reasonable to expect him to step into a sizable portion of that Ronnie Rivers workload and if he doesn't get all of it. Um, but he's a guy that's going super late, and he's a guy that I think is on enough people's radars that you definitely have to stash him in – Pretty much all leagues.
0: So here is the nice thing about him. This is sneaky, sneaky's time. (laughs) Um, and this is uh, Fantrax effed this up. He is he is listed as a running back on the the Fresno website because it scared me a little bit when I when I saw this. He's listed as a defensive lineman on Fantrax, so he doesn't show up if you don't have IDP. So a lot of these guys, when you have to do a placeholder or whatever for them, are out of sight, out of mind. So I think he falls even a little further than probably he should because you can't just go on there and, you know, and and poke around and find him if you don't have IDP settings turned on. Yes, yes. I discovered that in this IDP league when I was filling rosters because I have Hornbeak in that league. And I went to add him to my team, and it said freshman DL Fresno. And I was like, they get two Jordan Hornbeaks in this class? What? <laughs> um, same kid. Same kid. I don't know what Fantrax is doing, but – Someone pushed the wrong button somewhere.
1: Yeah. Um, that's actually, that's really good to know. Good tip yes. for anybody out there. Um, you know, stash him, just put a placeholder in. Most people, most people may not know. Cause yeah, you have, like you said, you have to specifically look for those guys with the placeholders. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So uh, it's like Trey Henderson listed as, you know, Trey instead of Trey Yeah. Um, I've heard some stories about that this offseason. So
1: <laughs> fun times.
0: Um, so uh, my, my top name that I put down here is Tyler Batty uh kid at Missouri and he is getting more people are talking about him recently. I mean, he was on radars. I'm not going to say that, you know, everyone's just discovering Tyler Batty or anything, but um, you know, Mike, Mike Bainbridge and Nate Marquise, I think both in the past week or two have both been talking about Tyler Batty places. Cause I think initially it wasn't clear whether he was going to take that, that starting job. Um, if people thought it might be, you know, Tosh Butts or somebody else that's there. Um, but it's sounding like it's going to be more and more baddie, and they tend to rule, um, with one running back. And, and they've, their running backs that have traditionally produced pretty darn well. Um, he's 5'8, 194. He's a little undersized. So he's not really an NFL guy, I think, unless, but, but he's a good pass catcher. So, you know, he could be a, uh, you know, a third down back in the NFL or whatever. Um, I, I, I don't want to rule that out for him, but I, he's not a, um, you know, he's not going to be a bell cow guy. He's not a guy you take and you're like, well, I, I'm going to get this guy in the NFL in a couple of years. And I'm really excited for it. Um, but, you know, over the past three years at Missouri, um, you know, he's in, in limited time. Um, he's averaged about 4.6 yards per carry. Um, he's explosive. You know, he runs like a 4 4 And like I said, in the passing game, last three years, 12 catches for 130 yards as a freshman. 32 for 356 and five touchdowns as a sophomore, and then last year in just ten games he did 28 for 333 and two touchdowns. Um, so, like I said, it's sounding like, uh, according to um, you know a couple articles that I have read, and then along with Mike and Nate, um, two people that I I very much value their opinions on these things, um, that it sounded like he's going to be the guy. And if he is, you know, Roundtree last year in that offense uh, put a, a 209 rushing attempts just the pure volume there you know, 972 yards, 14 touchdowns. That's, it's a lot of volume. Um, and, and he doesn't necessarily have to come off the field. He could be a, like a poor man, Ronnie Richard, Ronnie rivers for fantasy purposes next year. Um, and I'm scooping him. I, I the last couple of weeks I've been scooping him everywhere. Uh, so I think he's just the kind of guy where, you know, if he does actually in reality, end up taking that job, then I think you're, 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 you're cooking with oil there. If that happens.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know like you touched on too you want the guy in that role, but then not only that i think he does he's he's n f l size ish you know he only to put on some weight but he can translate to the n f l so if he does take that role, he has a nice year i i think you can get some n f l production out of him somewhere along the lines yeah he's he's fast
0: yeah it's like it's like from um he yeah it's not maybe it's not quite that level like from um uh what's, what's that movie with adam Sandler where he's in jail uh and he's longest father. yard yeah longest yard where he's like he makes fast people look not fast, fast. <laughs> 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 i love using that quote talk about football players but he fat fast. He's, fat he's fast <laughs> if there's a hole he hits it he's just freaking gone so yeah. yes I I, I I like him a lot
1: yeah i like him a lot too i was glad you put him on the list there um and i was glad to see he started to get a little bit of love too i saw the one um I think it was Nate Marquise's uh, tweet thread about him. I think that was the one I saw.
0: Yeah, I think he posted that yesterday, maybe. I was like, yes. Dude, stop blowing up my spot. I got like, <laughs> two, I got like two drafts left. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, we got to we gotta talk to Nate and, and be like, all right, you got to wait till our drafts are over. Then yeah. these guys we
0: up. need to enter into some agreements with people. <laughs> yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah, him and Mike could call. Yeah. Um, there, my next guy is uh, Kai Thomas, uh, running back from last year's class going to, he went to, uh, Minnesota. Uh, he redshirted last year. Didn't see any game action. Uh, but you know, Minnesota really didn't play that many games last year. What did they play? Like five, I think I know they had some COVID issues. I think they only played. Yeah. Like five games.
0: That sounds right to me. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so they only played a couple games. Plus they have Mo Ibrahim there who they're mm-hmm. just, they just feed him the ball relentlessly, but Mo Ibrahim was going to be gone next year. And Kai Thomas is, I think, the next logical replacement there for him. Uh, because I mean, the the other guys that they have, they bring in, um, Marquise Irving this year, uh, but they, they call him Bucky, but he weighs like 175. Um, you know, so I, I don't know how much he's, uh, I, I don't know how much, how much value he's going to have in a Minnesota offense. Um, they don't cause they, they, they don't, don't know. They, they don't seem to use those smaller backs as much there. I mean, they, they kind of seem to like want to lean on one guy and I don't know how much Irving can, uh, hold up to that. Now I'm actually, I'm looking at the, uh, Minnesota website right now. They have him listed at 190 now. Um, so somebody's fudging somewhere, or he put on fifteen pounds of muscle here in the. It ate his Wheaties. yeah. Um, but out of out, of, and they also have um, Trace and Potts there as well. But he's a Redshirt sophomore. Um, you know, he, he hasn't really done a whole lot in his time there. But Kai Thomas is athletic. He he's a legitimately a good athlete. But when I watched his high school tape, I was a little bit of concern because he's coming from Kansas to not like the highest level there, but after watching him, I think he's legitimately a good athlete. He's shifty. He makes players miss. Uh, you know, He runs tough too. He doesn't go down easily. And he's also shown that he can handle a large workload. Uh, he had 301 carries his senior year of high school, ran for 3,227 yards and 35 touchdowns. So he can that handle decent. a lot. Yeah. He can handle a lot of, a, a lot of work. Um, I don't think Minnesota's going to give him 300 carries, but he's done it before. Um, One knock that I'm a little concerned with is the passing game. He only had 10 catches his senior year there. So I want to see a little bit more in it. Uh, And obviously he didn't get on the field at all this past year. So we don't really know. Well, we can go off his high school tape, but the Minnesota running back, you know, like I said, they kind of just lean on one guy there. At least they have with Mo Ibrahim. So if they choose to do that again, I think Kai Thomas could be that guy. And, you know, that's, that's great for fantasy purposes. And then anything on top of that that you get for NFL is just kind of gravy.
0: This is the one guy that you're going to talk about tonight that I just think you're completely wrong, to be honest. I, I I I don't think he sees any significant time this year. In fact, I think he redshirts, and I think he might not stay at Minnesota.
1: That could be. I don't think, I think he sees I time think this gonna, year because I think it's going to be there. Potts
0: and Wiley. I think it's going to be Potts and Wiley, and I think one of those two oh, guys I forgot is the Wiley. next guy. And they're both, you know, decent size, you know, Potts is listed at 200 and I believe Wiley is listed at two ten. and they're both, you know, they're both good athletes. And I think they're both ahead of him on the depth chart this year. So like if one, if they were both like 160 pounds or something, I'd be like, okay, they'll need a new bell cow. Um, and, and, um, uh, Thomas can be that, but I, I think it's Potts or Wiley. I think they forced Thomas to go somewhere else. I think he just missed the boat there. Um, and I didn't mean to make like a, you know, row the boat <laughs> pun or whatever nice. accidental. Um, but Schema. no, I, Yeah, I I I don't see him sticking there at all. Uh, So I'm like, he's like, I don't have him on any teams, and I'm total fate. I'm I'm not drafting him or buying him anywhere this year. But on conversely, and just uh, Potts and Wiley are dirt cheap. So here we go. I'll just say, go get Potts or Wiley and and Skip Thomas. But either way, one of those Minnesota running backs is probably a nice stash if you figure it out.
1: Yeah, yeah, one of those guys is the is definitely, I think, going to be a a really good stash if you could figure out who it is. Shout out again to Carl Vagley, you know, uh, mentioned him again here. Yeah. I know he's a Minnesota guy. Maybe I'll have to pick his brain, see who he thinks is next.
0: I'm, I'm in i I'm I'm a couple leagues with Kane and, um, Kane, Kane, but, uh, Kane and Shane and they both are, they, they take pots. Okay. Just to give you what they're thinking. Um, so and then Kane is a Minnesota guy as well.
1: Um, gotcha. So, yeah, yeah. I knew Kane was a Minnesota guy, but I, I haven't really talked too much with Kane, um, but Trace and Potts, Williamport, PA. Stand up. That's about that's about thirty minutes away from where I grew up.
0: Yeah, that is fun, cool. All right. Um, so the other guy I put down here. Let me just double check to make sure. Yeah, it's AJ Green, the running back from Arkansas. <laughs> I put a lot of uh, honorable mentions here. So I you did to make sure that I listed <laughs> the right guy All right, went on. Um, AJ Green, um, not that AJ Green, a different AJ Green. Um, uh, athlete 2021 class. Um, I thought he had a chance to get some touches this year, but with he, he was not really participating in in spring practice and Raheem Sanders was, and looked really good. You know, if your teammates start calling you rocket, um, the other guy might be effed. Um, and that's kind of what happened with Raheem Sanders. um, and the thing about Sanders is he's just bigger. <laughs> like I, I think Sanders is the thunder, and then Traylon Smith is the lightning this year. Um, so Green probably sits and then takes over the Traylon Smith role um, the following year. But I mean, he's got a decent size. I think he's he's listed at or just over 200 pounds now. Um, wait, he was never listed like 165 or anything, but I just was not quite sure he would hit 200 that early. So that's a really good sign. Um, he's just fast. Like he really, really is. Like I feel kind of bad reserving him to that like lightning role, but I think that's going to be. Partially a function of I'm not that sure how much bigger he can get. And also partially just Sanders is going to be there the entire time he is. Um, and he's just Sanders like six, one 220 or something. So um, he's unlikely to maybe ever take down, take a full time rule there. But I mean, they have a coach there. I forget, I'm forgetting his name right now, but he was like George's offensive line. He, like, he's an offensive line coach background. He likes to run the ball. You know, he gets those, those big, you know, hog mollies up front and can grind a little bit Um, and they don't have a quarterback that is like super exciting as a passer on the roster right now. So you'd have to imagine they're, they're more of a rushing lean if they can be, if the game script will allow it um, over the next few years. And the other, the other thing that hurts AJ green is that uh, Raheem Sanders was supposed to be a receiver so he can catch the ball too like it's kind of it's like antonio gibson you know style you know size and stuff kind of you know background so um even if you say oh sanders is only a two down guy and then you bring green on it's like well um (laughs) so but i but i do like green he's basically free a really good athlete and um i think there is a clear defined role for him after this year
1: yeah um i I think aj green is a good stash but I do. I worry about his ceiling just for the reasons you brought up with Raheem yeah. Sanders. There, I just I like Raheem Sanders a lot. Um, so I don't have AJ Green anywhere.
0: I I don't know if I have him yet or not. Um, just because I have a lot of Sanders and I kind of tried to diversify. Um, I either get Sanders or I. I do a lot of drafts with PJ. I either get Sanders or PJ gets Sanders. Um, but so um, yeah, I get a lot of Sanders. So honorable mentions that we put down here. Um, some fun ones here. Uh Amani Bailey, I think he could be relevant this year, but if he's not, you know I think he can be the next guy up after Chris Smith there a really good athlete there at ULL and they've shown they can have two fantasy relevant running backs there so i I think ruling him out for this year is a mistake uh Deshaun Morel, kid at, at uh, UCLA I'm a little more hesitant on him just because I'm not sure how long Zach Charbonnet is there. I'm really not sure. I think he could be there for two more years. And then, you know, Morales, you're looking at a junior. How valuable is that? By that point, like, you've probably already taken him off your roster. You know, you got to churn at some point. Uh, Jabari Small at Tennessee. My favorite of the Tennessee running backs there. He looked really good in spring. But I, I don't have any idea how that backfield shakes out. Anthony Tyus, who is a uh, freshman kid at Northwestern this year. Uh, they had... They didn't have depth. And then they got in um, a transfer too. They brought in a kid from Bowling Green, I believe, whose name I'm forgetting. Um, so Tyus, but Tyus is 6'1, 207. He's a decent mover. He, I mean, he's more of a power back, but I mean he's 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 a good player. Um, so I think he's worth a stash places. Gavin Williams, second year back at Iowa. They don't have anything behind Tyler Goodson at all. And I was not aware of that until someone messaged me a few months ago and they were like Um, have you ever watched Gavin Williams? Because if, if, uh, if, if what's his name goes down, they're just like that, that good if Goodson (laughs) goes down, like that's probably the guy. And then Shadrick bird, who is a former Iowa running back. I'm pretty sure who's now at Charlotte. I'm not sure. I I don't know the Charlotte backfield that well. I've been taking him a lot of places just because no one cares about Charlotte. Um, but could be a value, uh, one way or the other there. Um, so that's what we had for honorable mentions Colin, Do you have any other names you wanted to toss in that before I move on?
1: Well, first of all, I'm a little bit triggered by Shadrick bird. It's too, a little too close to Shadrick banks um, for my liking. Still hurts a little bit. Yeah. Um, no, I didn't have any other names that I wanted to throw in there, but um, Jabari small is a guy that I've been getting a lot of places. Um, and Amani Bailey as well. As um, you touched on ULL, I think Christmas is the guy. Chris Chris Smith is the guy there, but they've shown that they can support two fantasy relevant running backs there. So I think either way, Imani Bailey is a really nice stash, um, and you can get
0: close to the same upside that Smith gives you, like fifteen rounds later with Bailey. Yeah, it's just a it's a very obvious value play if you miss out. You know, someone takes Smith a little earlier than than you wanted to, or whatever. Um, uh, certainly in play there. Um, wide receivers. I so I know who this name, but I know nothing about them. So Jaron Bradley from uh, Texas Tech. Colin.
1: Um. So wait, you you said you don't know anything about Jaron Bradley? No, I know who he is. Right. But I,
0: I don't. I don't know anything about him.
1: Oh, no. Interesting. Okay. Uh, it's not very often that I um. I, I pick out guys that you don't know, but
0: I, I wasn't familiar with Maddox cop really either earlier. So um,
1: you That's got, two, you got
0: me twice tonight. So nice. good stuff. you you must've been really studying up while you were on vacation.
1: I was. Yeah, I was. Um, no. So um, Jaron Bradley is a guy. He's in this incoming freshman class here. 2021 uh, three-star guy, number 60 wide receiver overall uh, going to Texas tech. Um, he's just a big dude. He's six, 200 pounds. Uh, I mean, he looks like the type of guy that if he sticks at wide receiver in college is probably going to uh, be asked to move to the tight end position at the next level. I think, I I mean, mean, he's 200 pounds now, so he would have to put some weight on. But it wouldn't surprise me if he was even a little bit bigger than 200 pounds because, I mean, he is just a nightmare in the red zone. Um, You know, he just he bullies these guys and it's he's in from texas too so he went to desoto high school so it's not like he's bullying guys in topeka kansas um you know he's he's bullying some guys in in texas there and he is he's quick as well um i, I can't tell if he just looks quick because he's six 200 pounds and i'm like wow a guy that big shouldn't move like that um there's, and there's no athletic testing numbers for him, too, so I'm not entirely sure. Um, but he also has really strong hands, very consistent, does not drop the ball very much. Um, so I think a worst-case scenario, he is a guy who will um, who will at least be a red zone target. Um, you know, And, and in, in high school there, he caught 96 passes, 1,500 yards, 21 touchdowns his junior year in texas so putting up big numbers there and he was also on chris hummers and this is how i saw him he was on 24 7 sports chris hummers list of 100 impact freshmen true freshmen um you know he was listed on there for texas tech i mean i have that article pulled up i'm just trying to scroll through here and see exactly what they said on them um but there's not a lot of other guys there they have and I can't pronounce his name, um, Loic Foo- Fujiani. It's all you. I know you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> they have that guy. <laughs> um, so I'm not exact. I don't know how to pronounce his name, but they have him from last year's class. He didn't really do a lot. Um, Jalen Polk transferred out. TJ Vasher went to the NFL. They do have Eric as a conma Yeah. Did they get a well. transfer
0: in from somewhere as well? They may have. I'm pretty sure I'm going to look it up here. You, um, you stall.
1: Okay, I'll stall. Well, I finally I found on the article here um, the the uh, Chris Hummer's hundred impact freshman true freshman article. um, He they were just kind of highlighting some of the guys that left and saying that in their air raid system, you know, he's the type of receiver who can take advantage just because he's a big body guy, and yeah, they said that there's. He's all seems all but a lock to see a fair share of passes thrown his way this fall because he had a strong spring as well. And did I filibuster long enough?
0: Yeah, it was okay. he's Kalon Geiger who was at Troy. Okay. Uh, last last year, um, he's like a grad transfer guy or COVID transfer, whatever we're calling him this year. But last year he had 64 for 752 and three. Okay. So a smaller guy, 5'10", 170, probably
1: slot, but probably slot. Um, Jaron Bradley can play the outside. Yeah.
0: So I'm just tossing uh, it out there, you know, it's another mouth to, uh, to feed, but
1: yeah, true. But I, I don't really think all that highly of Loic. Um, he wasn't really anybody that impressed me too much last year. So I think Jaron Bradley could step in and, and and earn some time this year. But if not, Eric, as Eric as a Conma, I think is a senior as well. So he'll depart and then hopefully Jaron Bradley can step right into that role.
0: Um, yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't have anything to add there because, um, like I said, I uh, haven't heard of him. Um, so I, uh, I put Jaden Bray as my first guy here, and I, I've kind of talked a little bit about him before. But and I did a freshman profile on him, even I think. But you know, just a a big, you know, tr- traditional. Ohio or Oklahoma State wide receiver, six three one ninety basketball background, been a more, more jump ball guy, but he's a, a really good athlete and he impressed in spring. You know he had a really really good day. He had a couple of touchdowns I believe about four. It was like four for eighty and two or something like that. I'm trying to find the the uh, the info here, but he, he had a really good game and everyone said that he looked good. You know it wasn't just you know he beat up on some people that maybe he shouldn't have or something like that. Um, but I mean, he's, he's a stud. I I really, really like him. I get him super late. Um, he's rising a little bit, but, um, I, um, I think watch out for him. I think they don't really have a lot of perimeter guys there.
1: Yeah. Um, like you said, you, you touched on Bray before, um, and, and that's a guy that I'm, I'm very interested in as well. Um, you know, like for, for all the reasons you said about there, but, you know, in, in leagues that we're not in together, I do try to grab him. So I think that was a great call. Yeah. You have uh, Mr. Blackstrain. I do. My next guy, James Blackstrain, capital S, which is kind of interesting to me there. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> um, James Blackstrain going to Georgia Tech. Uh, he's got pretty prototypical size there, 6'2", 190. Uh, he's a four-star guy, the number 48 wide receiver by the Composite. From Florida, and he missed his junior year with an ACL injury. So I think that's part of the reason why he's not higher. Because I I like James Blackstrain. Uh, His his athleticism is is fine. Um, You know, he doesn't have like he's not he's not a burner, um, but his athleticism is fine. He's quick, definitely quicker than fast. Uh, But I think he's a really good route runner. And I think he has a really good release off of the line, which are two things that uh, for somebody coming into college is, is impressive. I, I kind of look for those types of guys. You know, like I said, you know, my, my guys in the classes typically tend to be along those lines, you know, Jalen McMillan, um, you know, I was very high on egg as well. Um, I mean, he was the number one receiver, but still I, I liked egbuka a lot. That's the, kind of the archetype that I look for a little bit. And I think that, black strain fits that. Um, I think he has good hands, too. Um, you know, he will he'll, he'll, he goes out and he catches it with his hands. He's not a body catcher at all. So he, he checks a lot of boxes there for me. My worry is Jeff Sims. I don't know if Jeff Sims can support a fantasy-relevant, uh, number one fantasy-relevant wide receiver. So I am kind of hesitating on that front so I don't have him in as many places as I would probably like to. It's a little bit more of a wait-and-see approach for me, but I like the talent a lot.
0: I believe he was a top 25 receiver for me in my just talent rankings, which is basically what I do and I have listed before spring practices start happening because then you can start worrying about you know where guys are committed, what they looked like in spring, all that kind of stuff. But I believe Blackstrain was a top 25 guy for me. I think he's dropped a little bit. He might be just outside the top 30 now. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think that he's he's a nice-sized kid. And they, you know, they don't, like I said, they, I don't know how successful the passing offense is going to be, but I like there's a lot of guys in front of him. Um, but I, I, the one thing that has concerned me a little bit about him is that I, I'm i not sure what level of an athlete he is. Like, he's pretty savvy, but it's like that that can get you so far. I'm I'm not entirely sure. Uh, Very the antithesis of what a Georgia Tech wide receiver usually is, which I thought was was interesting when I was watching him. That he's not, you know, even like Jalen Camp didn't really do shit in college, but he's a big
1: athletic freak. That's kind
0: of the guy they usually have there. So,
1: yeah. um, uh, Who's uh, who's your next guy here? That's actually not a guy that I've. I don't. That doesn't sound familiar to me. Ow, you don't know DJ
0: Matthews, who's at Indiana. You idiot. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> um, So, yeah, DJ Matthews, transfer kid from uh, Florida State, I believe, this year. He is a senior or a super senior. Or I don't know exactly what year he is. His freshman year is 2017. So whatever that works out <laughs> to. Um, slot guy, you know, he's not very big. He's 5'11", 160. But the slot guy, it, it, I mean, I realized it was it was WAP uh, failure the past couple of years. So how much of that was scheme versus just WAP was like probably the best wide receiver on the team until, you know, Fry Focal had a good year last year. But, you know, WAP had been the guy there. Uh, but filling that same role that WAP had um, last year or two years ago at Florida State, he didn't play at all last year. 36 for 355 and three. Shifty guy. I am taking him in deep leagues late. I'm not taking him. Like, I... I I might have him in our 24-teamer. Um, he he might have been a guy that I stashed late, but he he's just super cheap. And, you know, fryfogel's is going to do fry things. things. Um, but I, I think that there is plenty of room for him to be the second guy there. And that's still a, a pretty productive guy in that offense. Um, so, yeah, it's a situation thing. It's not necessarily a talent thing, per se. Like, I don't think he's not an NFL guy. He's listed at, like I said, what? He's listed at 5'11", 160. I mean, I guess I shouldn't say that because we just saw Tutu Atlow <laughs> we'll go in <on> the <laughs> second round, and he weighed as much as I did in seventh grade. But um, and I wasn't a chubby kid either; I was, <laughs> I was a tall kid. I was kid. Um, so yeah, 5'11", 160. Yeah, not great.
1: Yeah, um, I, I I like the point that you brought up about the number two wide receiver in that offense can still be productive. Um, I like um, Jock Smith or Jacquez Smith, the guy that Indiana brought in as a fre- as an incoming freshman this year. Um, I think that he's more likely to step into like a Ty Fryfogle type of a role. I don't think that you know Matthews is, will have much impact on it. But um, that's probably why I have didn't really look too much into their depth chart beyond Fryfogle. And then I like Jock Smith.
0: Uh, Matthews was a total CFF site find.
1: Nice. So. so shout out CFF site. Thank
0: you, CFF site. If you guys aren't subscribed, there seriously, they don't pay us to. to- to advertise
1: for them. They're just not great. yet. Not yet. <laughs> There's site. nothing
0: coming. There's nothing coming. Alex,
1: stop it. Well, no, 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 nothing's nothing coming, but I'm saying if CFF site wants to, you know, <laughs> I'll sell out for anybody. Yeah, he will.
0: He will. It's, it's bad. Um, but yeah. So I mean, they, they're just, they have great stuff. So, but, but yes, yeah, so, I mean, I, I think he's going to be pretty good. Um, Then just a couple other guys that we put down on our watch list here. The Stanford wide receiver duo of Elijah Higgins and John Humphreys. Somebody has to catch patch- passes there this off or this season. I don't know who it's going to be. And both of those guys like are kind of similar. I feel like they can't coexist. It's going to be one or the other. Um, if I had to put money on it, I feel like I would say Higgins. But I don't Like Gun to my head. I don't know. So uh, whichever. I don't really see Humphreys ever get drafted or at least, you know, not till like extra late. Um, Higgins you probably do have to draft if you want him on your team Tyler Sneed the guy ECU he was their leading receiver last year I'm pretty sure it was not CJ Johnson who goes significantly more C- way earlier now Johnson we think probably has an NFL future he had that nice freshman breakout and he's a big guy and Sneed's not he's, he's a little undersized um, which, which is what hurts his value but I think he he's a lot safer than Johnson the like Johnsons I don't think I have any of him he's such a bold call because he's not going to be the wide receiver one there. So if he doesn't have a good year, he's not going to go to the NFL either. And you kind of burned like an eighth round pick. Um, Dwayne Lofton, freshman at Virginia Tech. I've talked him up a ton. He might not be a this year guy. I really don't know, but I think at minimum he's a next year guy. And then Stefan Cobbs or Stefan Cobbs, um, who's at Boise, um, probably their wide receiver two this year. Um, I think he can still produce even with Shakir there, but Shakir is just obviously the guy you want to own. Uh, but Cobbs is listed as a redshirt junior. He could come back. So he could, you know, I, I, I would assume he'll be back so he can take over the Shakir rule for a year. Um, but he, he's, he's much more of a stash than, than maybe you would think if he's a starter there.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I like the Stefan Cobbs call. Um, cause I mean, it's hard to say, cause you said he's a redshirt junior. So hard to say if he's going to stay or go, if he does stay, um you know i highlighted a little bit when we talked about Khalil Shakir um back when we were talking about those list of like cff producer type wide receivers and like who we wanted in that show um i highlighted a little bit but their new oc there tim plow i think is his name um or pluff but he has a history of developing wide receivers um now granted it was at the fcs level at uc davis but um he had the one wide receiver from UC Davis that people really wanted last year, uh, that people were all over on a sleeper. I, I, I want to say Ashton Davis, but that doesn't sound quite right. No, um, Ashton
0: Davis is a safety. I think.
1: Isn't he, isn't he from
0: Cal? Ashton might Davis
1: be. <laughs> Might be. Anyway, there was a, there was a wide receiver there that actually got drafted and was getting some fantasy hype. Um, you know, that all those offenses put up big numbers. So I have, re- I have, moved Shakir up my rankings pretty considerably and I will be very interested in uh whoever the number one wide receiver is there next year
0: I'm trying to pull up to see if you have Shakir rated higher than I do because I have him ridiculously high
1: you Um, might have him higher than I do I
0: have him 31
1: 31 I don't uh that's close but I don't think it's Keelan Doss is the wide receiver that people were interested uh, in for him. For oh, you do
0: have him higher. You have him 27.
1: Boom. Point Colin.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Felix, Oh, well, Matt and Felix are both pretty comparatively low on him. Um, but yeah, cool. So, all right. So that's going to be our show for tonight, guys. Uh, Be on the lookout, uh, not only for our late week NFL show, uh, Canton Bound, but also the other shows that we have on the C2C Family of Podcasts. That is Debbie DeBate's. Uh, on Wednesday nights, our live show. And then that, that show comes out Thursday morning. Uh, Alfred's Why Wait Till Sunday, which, spoiler alert, I'm about to go record right after this is over. So I, Ooh. you guys get to hear me on three shows this week, on or four shows this week on the Campus the Canton uh, podcast network here. Um, and Fantasy Football Roundtable. Uh, be checking out the website. Matt Fox is still crushing it with the NFL content. We've got the Zero QB podcast. Um, uh, The articles that have been coming out, uh, Matt Bruning just put up an article as well, and we have some other cool stuff coming on that front. And if any of you guys are night owls, because I believe I will have this edited and out before this happens, uh, (laughs) Matt Bruning and I will be on the Scott Fishpool Podathon at 3.30 a.m. Eastern Time here on 7-6-2021. So I haven't figured out what I'm doing about sleep yet. (laughs) <laughs> but, so I try to figure that out. Cause that's like six hours from now, <laughs> but uh, yeah, let so, me just
1: say, I appreciate you and Matt hopping on that show, um, to talk for us. And at that hour, um, I will not be awake at that time, but thank you for you, for you guys biting that bullet. So I'm
0: not going to complain. I'm very excited that we're going to be on there. You yes. know, the uh, Scott fishbowl is a cool thing and the pot is a really cool thing they do as well. Um, when Matt came back and said that we were going to be on at 330 and everyone, it was just crickets. <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay, I'll get on. Um, so yeah, it's going to be me and Matt and we're just going to be talking about the website and C2C and whatever else we want because we're cool like that. So, okay, so that's all for tonight's show. We will see you guys later this week. Until then, I am Austin.
1: And this is Colin.
0: Have a good one, guys.